uh, preaching uh, preaching today is uh, Raph Peters, one of our uh, one of our church planning residents, which means uh, he's going to be starting a new church uh, here in the in the near term. Uh, if you're newer to Sojourn, uh, at the core of who we are is church planting. That we're a church that starts new churches, uh, and Raph is one of the residents that will be uh, doing just that. And so every week. Uh, we go to the scriptures, we open the Bible because it's there that the person and work of Jesus are most clearly uh, revealed. Um, our sermon this week uh, is going to be from uh, 1 John 2, 7 through 11. Uh, let me pray for us as we get into it. Father, help us to hear these words. Help us to receive these words. Help us be changed by these words through the power of your spirit. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, hear the word of the Lord from 1 John. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Peace be with you. Like Brandon shared, my name is Raph Peters. I'm one of the new, or not new, church planning residents, church planning residents with Sojourn Houston. We've been here two years, so it's not new at all. Um, but grateful for my Heights family, grateful for you guys. If y'all don't know me, uh, me and the other uh, church planning resident, D'Amico Bivens, uh, we are preparing to plant a church in the greater third ward. And so uh, because of your love and your support and your care, uh, in this season, we've been able to really spread our net wide and grow deep in relationships with people in the greater third ward, and that's only because of your care. So we're grateful. My family uh, is grateful for you. Uh, my wife and my kids, they weren't able to make it today. Uh, but for you mothers out there, I want to say thank you for what you do. Uh, for all of you. Uh, these last couple of weeks have been hard on me as a dad. My wife has been out of town. And so it's been really rough on me uh, because I've been having to wake up with the kids and I'm like, man, this is actually what moms do. Uh, I can't do it. So I've been thankful uh, for that. But if you see bags or if I start to get sleepy, it's because I've been wrangling kids all week. But uh, before we get started, I want to pray over our time because I need it. I'm sure you need it. And uh, we pray that the Lord will bless this time. So let me go ahead and start our time in prayer. Uh, Father, we are thankful. Man, we're, we're thankful to be with you today. Uh, we're thankful to be with your people. Uh, the, the many things that we see uh, in your goodness, uh, you've shown through fellowship with other believers. Uh, so Father, will you bless this time? Will you speak to us through your word uh, as uh, we continue on in 1 John? Open our hearts and our ears uh, to know your word, to know the extent of your love, God, and help us to apply your word and to obey. Uh, God, we thank you for this passage, and I thank you for this time. Use my little for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, I know Brandon had shared already and, and he's uh, read through the passage today. I want to go ahead and read it again. Uh, one, I think that this word is important, but the word of God is always good to hear over and over. But two, I want to start at verse six uh, to set our time as the foundation of, of what I'll speak on today. Uh, verse 6 says this of 1 John 2, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Last week, Paul helped us to see in the first portion of 1 John 2 how knowing God or having relationship, personal relationship with him will lead us to obey his commands. The fruit that bears from our knowing him is helpful. It's a helpful test for those who have been saved by the righteousness of Christ through faith in him. So John, the, the, the writer of this book, at the beginning of it speaks of walking in the light and how we are able to know or how we're able to now walk in the light as a result of the light, Jesus, that has entered the world. And then he goes on now as a result of that, we can navigate because Christ is our advocate, because Christ has taken on our sins. And now as new creatures, those who no longer walk in darkness, we live to keep in step with this new life. We live to keep in step with this new life that is defined by light and obedience to God's commands. So before we get to verse 7 today, what we see or what we get is a general idea of what it means to know God and have full assurance. Simply put, to obey his commands. So now we find the writer John going from a general idea to a, a specific detail as to how it looks to obey his commands. John says, if you need an example, if you practically want to see and know what it means and what it looks like, to know God and obey his commands, verse 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So John gives us a helpful example to look to and to emulate. He says, if you want to know what it means to know God and obey his commands, look nowhere else but to Jesus. Walk in the same way in which Jesus walked. Verse 7, beloved, I'm, I'm writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. 
At the same time, it is a new commandment, kind of confusing, that I am writing to you, which is true in him, Christ, and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Jesus and the glorious news of his arrival, death, and resurrection is here. This new commandment that John is talking about is not something new being said. That's what he's trying to, to break down. And John is actually in good company as he's sharing about this new commandment. All throughout 1 John, we see parallels with the gospel of John. We see Jesus himself in John 13, 34 say, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another in the same way which he walked, First John says. So John and Jesus are both talking of this new commandment. And as we read, we see it's clear that this is no new commandment in the sense of it never being heard. But it's new in the sense of its quality and its value. In the Old Testament, it was not only this command that had to be obeyed along with sacrifices that had to be made for atonement of sins because the people of God were not perfectly following these commandments, which were over 600. But it was Jesus, the promised Messiah, who the people of the, the Old Testament, they, they long awaited this Jesus because he would fulfill or feel full all these laws perfectly. And he would become our atonement and our sacrifice. So we wouldn't have to continue to make these sacrifices for not perfectly obeying to follow these commands. Because even though the law of God in the Old Testament seemed to be a lot, even though the law of God seemed to be a burden for us as we read, what we see is that the law of God was good. And in part, what the law of God was meant to do for the people of God, in part, it was to help us see our need for a Savior, our need for help. That's what Christ does for us today. And for Christ, he, he not only tells us, hey, hey, I want you to live in this way, not lawless, but now as a result of these two new commands, he shows us what's most important. In Matthew 22, you have the story of the teacher of the law who asks Jesus this question in verse 36, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So he takes from the Old Testament law that we find in Deuteronomy 6.5 and that we find in Leviticus 19.18. And he takes from these two when he says, all the laws that were found in the Old Testament hang on these two, to love God and to love others. 
So this law of love for God and for neighbor, it actually covers all the law. So it doesn't eliminate the law, and therefore we live lawless, but it now gives us insight on what's important and valued by God and how the people of God should live. This commandment is not new because it's not just simply one commandment of many, but it's one that stands above all as most important. John is reminding his audience and the reader of what Christ has instituted in his life, death, and resurrection. The promised Messiah who has come. He's come to to take away the sins of the world and the darkness that reigns in it. He's come. He's come to feel and do what we could not. This Messiah is also welcoming everyone and empowering those that believe with the power that he holds to live a transformed life that looks completely different than the dark, broken lives that they were living in once before. You who now believe, remember of this Messiah. This news of what he's come to do and how we're to live is not new. The light of the world is here. Darkness, for us, we know is not gone. But because of this news, of this light, day by day, it's fading. It's fading in in, in reality of the glorious revelation and second coming of Christ. Day by day, it's fading. So here's what it means for us to live in light of that reality. Literally in light, verse 9, whoever says he is in the light, hates his brother, and he's still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness. He does not know where he's going because darkness has blinded his eyes. People of God, if we have been transformed by God, if we know him, if we have fellowship with him and are known by him, then we not only love God, we love others. We know others. We live and have fellowship with other brothers and sisters in the faith. We are known by them and we are cared by them. And as Christ has given himself up for the world or has loved us, so we are to give ourselves for others and to love them in that same sacrificial way. Paul says in Romans 13, verse 8, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments say, You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandments, these are all summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. Jesus takes this love neighbor a step further in Matthew 5, verse 43. He says, you have heard that it is said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil 
and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than any others? Do not even pagans do that. And he lastly says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Going back to 1 John, it says, if we hate our brother, we actually live in darkness and not light. We walk in darkness and we do not know where we're going because we are blinded. So for you today, you may not stumble because you believe that you believe. Because you love God. You may not stumble because of that. You utilize common grace through reading scripture and prayer and study. Highly intellectual. You may can understand all of the deep thoughts of Christianity and theology that that is there. But you may stumble today. You may trip and fall today and remain in darkness because your fellowship with God lacks fellowship with man. You'd rather do without. Because doing life with others is is obviously difficult. Loving others is hard in general. And if we look at the words of Christ and to the extent that he takes it, loving difficult people and enemies is hard as well. It's even harder when we look to our city and we see all of the industries here that are always operating 24 hours a day. You see the opportunity here and what it takes to take advantage of all of those things, to have edge over the competition. For some of you, you are at a place in your life where you're settled in your career and now looking to add to a good pension plan. Always working but never resting and absent from the lives of those around you. Because of this, you're isolated from everyone. For some of you, you may not be isolated from everyone. You're not isolated from your family, but you may be isolated from your church family. And I want to say it's quite all right to have moments like this. It's quite all right to steal away and have times of recharge. But we must see when our lack of engagement with others is on the basis of difficulty or the fact that we just don't like people, then we must stop and assess our lives and our hearts because it's saying something. It's easy for us to see how what we do individually impacts our lives and others. Or it's easy to see that what we do impacts others, but it's not as easy to see how what we do impacts others. It's easy to believe that we're doing good in regards to what we do, but we can be blinded and fooled and miss the mark because we lack love. Paul says of the love commandment or the way that we love in 1 Corinthians 13, that it's so important, that love is so important that it outweighs having all the gifts and gifting in the world. He says he could speak in the tongues of angels, but if he is not loved, it is pointless. He says just as, it's, it's just like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, it's useless. Paul also goes on to say he could give all that he has and deliver his body to be burned, but if it is without love, he's gained nothing. 
And toward the end of this, in verse 13 of 1 Corinthians, he says, so now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, these three, these three things last, but the greatest of these three is love. And what I'm saying to us today, we've got to ask ourselves good questions as we assess our hearts and our lives. Are we known by others? Do we love others? How do you talk to people? How are you treating people? Not only the best relationships that you have, but your worst ones. For those of you in this room that may be single, may have roommates, what's your roommate situation like right now? You don't have roommates. How do you treat those that aren't single? For moms, oh, praise God for moms. Ask your children, what is it like to be your mom? For husbands and wives, you can ask these questions vice versa. You could say, hey, what's it like to be married to you? I think there's countless questions no matter where we find ourselves in life, single, parent, married, whatever it is. There's countless questions that we can ask to get a real idea of what it's like to be in relationship with us. We can look very good in our own eyes. We can think that we're doing well in our relationships with others, but unfortunately, like this passage shares, we can be fooled, we can be blind and walking in darkness because our love is absent. May the Lord help us. I love how Paul last week shared uh, about our relationships with others. And, and the reality is, like, we don't perfectly love others. Uh, for, for many of us, as he said, uh, we, we need not only to be exposed of the problem that we don't love, but we need to confess our problem to God. We need to look to God and ask for forgiveness and help. We do that first, and, and then as we see the reconciliation of Christ, we can then go to others and reconcile. We can then begin the process of going to others and loving them well. When we do that, that's when we begin to love others as Christ has loved us. If we're to obey the commandments of God, we cannot obey, obviously, without God's help. Because Christ has died and resurrected for those who believe on him. And for those who believe on them, they have assurance and a promise. And that promise is given to all who believe. The Spirit of God is now with us, empowering us to love. I wish I could really get into defining what love is for us. Uh, the, the, the scriptures do a really great job of this as it talks about love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not, it's not rude, it's not proud, it's not self-seeking. But in order to do that, especially as scripture has defined, we need Christ's help. And Christ has made the impossible possible. 
and has now instituted something for us that he knew we needed, a helper. We now have the Spirit of God with us, enabling us to love one another. And we walk by faith in this life, in newness of life, as Christ is shining his life in our hearts. And we shine the light that Christ has shined everywhere we go to every person we meet. Friend, foe, difficult, easy, we are called to love like Christ. And we need Christ. May God in his goodness encourage us today that we don't have to do this by ourselves. May he convict us today that we're not doing this perfectly. And may he help us to do what we're not doing. Day by day, it is my prayer that we not live perfect in loving others, but that we be faithful in loving others and trusting God every step. Let's pray. Father, as we look to this passage, what we clearly see is that we need help. What we clearly see is that we cannot do any of this apart from you. So, Lord, as you reveal in our hearts what we're not doing, may you help us to see the help that you've presented and the faith that you long to give to those who believe. Father, this is the truth that we need. Those that are far from you today need it, but those that are your children need this truth as well. Father, will you first help us to see your love? And will that love impact us in such a way that we love others? God, we come to you needy. And as we come to your table, will you not only remind us, but will you fill us with your truth as we take the bread? And we drink of the cup in realizing your forgiveness for us and what you've done. So God, bless this time. And may we move forward in obedience by the power of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.